We've talked to a number of really smart people in the past year and have come to a conclusion. We are on the precipice of a big change in fortunes for media companies, and it all revolves around the tremendous piles of content they produce every week and the mountains of content they've produced over the decades. In this episode, we get affirmation from a Deloitte executive who tells us what the future of local media looks like to him. You're listening to the Local Marketing Trends Podcast, now in its fifth year of delivering unique insights from two of the industry's brightest analysts, Corey Elliott and Gordon Burrell. Today's podcast is sponsored by Frequence, which streamlines advertising workflow by putting everything you need in one dashboard. And by Audience.io, your key to a bigger audience and more revenue using zero and first-party data. And now, here are your hosts, Corey and Gordon. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm one of your hosts, Corey Elliott, and with me, as always, Gordon Burrell. Hello, Corey. Hello, everybody. Hello, Gordon. How the hell are you? Excuse me. I just got to get a tissue here a second. My nose is bleeding from all this discussion about being on a precipice in the top of a mountain and things like that. <laughs> what are you talking about? You just seemed like buddingly optimistic, which is not you, about media companies sitting on some giant pile of gold or something. Well, yeah. First of all, let everybody know that it really wasn't his nose wasn't bleeding from the height. He tends to pick his nose. <laughs> that's that's first. Let's be honest. Second uh, is what we're talking about is all the years and years of stories and content that newspapers or radio say anybody has it's just sitting there in a vault ready to be mined by ai by gen ai by machine learning a lot can happen it's a gold mine that a lot of these local media companies are sitting on yeah we've been hearing that for gosh since, since the middle of last summer and just you know wondering whether it was just a bunch of hype but it does seem to be making a lot of sense with the rapid rise of generative ai so let's talk about that in a bit we have a great interview with todd brown who used to be in the publishing industry the newspaper industry and now is director of uh, Deloitte Digital, managing director. So there's a really interesting, kind of brief, uh, but to the point, interview with him as to what Deloitte sees in this. But uh, what else is yeah. in the news, Corey? What's up in your world of research? Well, just did an SMB survey. I covered it in a video last week that talks about local advertisers and their need. It's an ongoing thing. I bang the drum all the time that they're in desperate need of marketing help and they're seeking it for themselves. In fact, that's I'm going to be talking about that in our upcoming conference is trying to shine a spotlight on the fact that if you're in a media company or an agency and not helping your local advertisers with marketing, they're going to do it themselves because they yeah. have to, and they, they're going to leave you behind. Some of them already are, and things like AI and machine learning can help them do that even faster. Yeah, you know, we've kind of been talking about that, and it makes sense to a lot of people. But when you put out that video, it got a lot of views, it got a lot of people to click like, and I think it really resonated because there it was, the proof that that is occurring. And I think our chart of the week also last week had a chart that showed what prompts advertisers to buy something new. And, you know, okay, it's the sales rep, right? <laughs> it's the sales rep. They're the one that's going to help advertisers make the decision. 
And it wasn't that, you know, it was things like proof of delivery and targetability and measurement, mm-hmm. which means they're kind of moving away from dependence on a sales rep to massage and persuade them. They're sort of gaining the tools that they need. So, oh, no, no, I, I just need proof that this is actually going to work. So that's yep. interesting. Yeah. And it, it, like I said, the marketing decisions are firmly with the local advertiser. They're not waiting for agencies or media companies to come up with a plan. They're going to do it themselves. In most cases. So I knew yeah. that you would find a way to plug Corey's local marketing minute, which you just did. <laughs> when, when are we going to be back in the studio with that? Because I'm getting tired of seeing your, are you doing that in your bathroom? <laughs> no, but that's a great idea. Man, I can get a lot of I can get a lot of clicks for that. Pour no a shower um, cap. We're, don't we're do still, it naked. Just don't please don't do it naked. Yeah, nobody wants to see that. Yeah, we're still building it. The studio is still being built out. I don't think we're going to get back into the studio until probably late March. No, nah, it'll be sooner than that. So talking about sales reps, you know, don't want to diss them and say, ah, you know, don't need sales yeah, no, reps no, anymore. No. We got an upcoming podcast. I think it'll be our next one. I believe we're, we're doubling up and publishing another one next week, releasing another podcast next week. An interview with the world's oldest sales rep. Oh, you, so you're interviewing yourself? Or? <laughs> no. I don't know if she's the world's oldest sales rep, but Mary is 93 years old and she comes to work every day and she's one hell of a sales rep too. So stay tuned for that. We do have that interview in our next podcast. That ought to be pretty cool. We'll see what she, Corey, has to say about the waning influence of sales reps. Ooh, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Mary look comes, Mary's 93 years old, comes dressed to the nines, I'm told, uh, every day and is just impeccable and people love her and she sells she's one of the top sellers. So that would be really, really cool. I think that's uh, kind of a, a cool one. And we have uh, our upcoming conference to mm-hmm. talk about. We've got, so far, 50 speakers. Wow. A big focus on hyper-local news, OTT, first-party data, all these things people talking about. And on AI, which is where Todd Brownrout comes in. Todd is the uh, managing director of Deloitte Digital, uh, which we referred to just a little bit earlier. And uh, he's a former executive with the LA Times. And he's telling us what Deloitte has been working on and Deloitte's view of the publishing and local media industry and what's going to happen. And you know what? Corey, it sounds all good to me, doesn't it to you? Yeah, it, it does. That's what got me all excited inside the intro. So let's get to that interview right after this word from our sponsors. Streamline your advertising workflow with the only platform that puts everything you need in one dashboard. From proposals to performance, Frequence makes things easy for you and your team. Sales, operations, reporting, all in one place. The future of media is here. Visit Frequence.com to get started. Looking to boost your digital revenue and attract top advertisers? Start with the essentials, zero and first-party data. Audience.io is your gateway to growth and ownership of your digital audience. Trusted by industry leaders like iHeartMedia, Cox, Gray, Bell Media, and over 4,000 others, we empower you to take command of your data. Our full spectrum of tools includes contests, quizzes, polls, dynamic pop-ups, QR codes, advanced segmentation, and more. Check us out at audience.io to elevate your digital strategy. 
Okay, I've got with me old friend Todd Brown Routh, former executive with the Los Angeles Times, now and uh, managing director Deloitte Digital, who's going to be speaking at our conference. Todd, welcome to the show. Great to be with you, Gordon. Thanks. And as, as I recall, you were in the advertising side of the business uh, at, at the LA Times. Is that right? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was at uh, LA, and I was at Philadelphia for for. A, Dozen years or so, also. So yeah, spent a uh, spent a long time at Knight Ritter as well as uh, a Tribune company. Knight Ritter. Did you hear the interview we had with Tony Ritter? I <laughs> that sure was something did. else. <laughs> Any sure impressions did. on that? No, well, it was it was it was great to hear Tony's voice again. Yeah. Um, he trailed off in the end of that interview, which is one of the reasons you are here, my friends. Uh, at the very last part of it, where I had to kind of end it because he just kind of trailed off. I asked him about AI. And he said, oh, I, I think AI is, is, is dangerous. It's going to be a dangerous thing. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> uh, he, he said, not like, oh, gosh, it's going to ruin the world. He said, you know, it really needs to be, you know, studied and seized more. And Tony's always been known to have, you know, to be prescient, basically. Mm -hmm. um, so here we are. Tell us what you're going to be talking about at the conference. One of the things I'm going to be talking about is a survey that we did at Deloitte of the businesses that are using AI. And already among companies that are producing content, 26% are using Gen AI in one form or another, which is pretty amazing considering the public availability of the technology, public consciousness of the technology is barely over a year old. And another quarter, 26%. Coincidentally, are planning to implement some form of Gen AI to support their content production in the coming years. So by the end of 2024, we expect virtually half companies to be using Gen AI in one form or another to produce content. So the genie's out of the bottle, and then companies that decide they're going to just play wait and see or they're going to study it are honestly are going to be left behind. Yeah, and I think your study is probably skewed a bit more toward national. Ours is skewed almost totally toward local. We have fewer that are actively using it, but it's increasing pretty quickly and may get to that, I guess, half threshold. What does this mean? This is what I really hope uh, to, to hear you address because you've done a lot of work. What's this mean for, for media? There are a lot of implications, both on the advertising side and on the content side. What's your take? Well, there's a, there's a couple of things I'll talk about, you know, the impact on archives and the value of archives, and there's obvious issues on content. Uh, but one thing that we're really going to point out to all of the media clients we speak with is the impact on search results and potential traffic impacts on publishers of any type, whether local or otherwise. Publishers, for better or for worse, have relied on Google uh, and other search engines, mostly Google, to deliver traffic. And it's thought of like uh, electricity or water. You just turn it on and it's there. And the reality is Google is using Gen AI more and more to give somebody who's searching their results without that person needing to leave Google. And so at this point, nearly 50% of searches end at Google without clicking through to a third-party site. That's going to have enormous implications for traffic to publishers' sites and for audience and monetization in the coming years, because that number is only going to increase as Google more deeply embeds Gen AI into their search results. Now, I'm not sure I quite understand that. Say that again, 50% of traffic is going to be kept on Google? On Google. In other words, you search for information about local restaurants and instead of being given a list of local restaurant URLs to click through to, very quickly, Gen AI will generate a list of 
restaurants. Oh, I'm looking for a Mexican restaurant. Well, here's five restaurants in the area that have been rated highly. And you read it's, it. It's going to be kept on the Google page. Got kept it. on Google. And that's, you know, and, the, and in the past, you've always been able to count on Google to push traffic to your site, both organically. And if you're having, if you want more, you can pay Google for it. Reality is if Google does not embed Gen AI into their search engine, chat GPT and the like could eventually become right. substitutes for Google. And Google's not going to allow that to happen. Let me ask you to take on something. I don't know whether you've really thought about this. So you could say, let me think about it further. But we had Daniel Coffey, who was the is the executive of the News Media Alliance, the old Newspaper Association of America, the chief lobbyist for the newspaper and overall news industry on the show a little while back. And her take is that Google is going to be paying billions with a B, maybe tens of billions of dollars to local media companies or media companies in general, just because of their use of all of that content that's out there. Any thoughts on that? If Google's going to be keeping it on their page, there's more of a case that says, hey, you're using our content to make money. 100%. And, uh, you know, the, the I think going forward, the value of new content produced and the value in particular of archives is really hasn't been fully explored without getting wildly deep into this. These, these LLMs, these large language models only can spit out the answers if you train them. And what training is, is simply feeding a whole lot of data into them to give them context so they can spit out the answers. Well, archival publishing data, newspapers, whatever it can be, video, all of that is what can help train the model. And I liken this a little bit to when Netflix went and discovered in all of these old film libraries a huge amount of value that they could build a business on top of. This is in some ways the same thing. The newspaper is sitting on 50, 75, 100 years worth of archives, and that archive can be used to train a model. My advice to publishers in this case is be really thoughtful, really careful, don't do anything exclusive, and make sure you're really maximizing the value. And also, there is a case to be made for thinking about who potentially you partner with in terms of other publishers to create more value collectively, because I think those archives are incredibly undervalued assets, sort of like the real estate that was sitting underneath newspaper companies uh, 15 years ago, where all of a sudden they discovered, wow, we got you know all of this value in this real estate that we hadn't tapped into. Archives, I think, could potentially be more than the real estate, but it's it's a it's a big number. It's a big number. That's amazing. That is uh, fascinating to think about. I look forward to the day when local media gets rich again and newsrooms <laughs> swell up and they have big conferences and big staff parties and things like that instead of announcing layoffs every three months, which what seemed to happen. Todd, thanks for being on the show. Really look forward to your uh, presentation March the 12th in uh, Miami. Anybody wants to look for that, just Google Burrell Miami and you'll see the agenda and sign up and we'll hear Todd. Todd, thanks for being on the show. Glad to be here. Looking forward to Miami. Wow, Gordon, can you imagine a world where you never leave Google? <laughs> now, how would we know anything? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I now that he brought that up, of course that's what's happening. Because you go on to Google nowadays, and it, it, it was so slower for me. 
to realize it, but you type in something like, when does daylight savings time end or something, and you'll get an answer. You know, no, oh, yeah. no clicks, no links or anything. It's just the answer's there, and you're right. You never leave Google. Well, yeah, you can do it with, I have to whisper because she's going to wake up. You can do it with Alexa, right? So yeah, Alexa shut down. <laughs> So um, your little devices are listening, right? But I have an Android phone that has Google on it, and I can just, you know, say, sitting here, hey, Google, uh, trying not to wake it up. You know, uh, what, time it is, what time is it in Dubuque, right? Or anything like that. Yeah. And so this is, this is generative AI, and he's right. So what struck me in the interview, Corey, was nearly 50%, nearly half of Google searches lead to a Google site without ever going to a third-party click, you know, site. Yeah. And they're yeah. going to do more. That number is going to increase, I'm quoting him, as Google more deeply embeds generative AI into their search results. And so there's this huge thirst. I also heard LLMs. Did you hear that? We learned a new term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. LLMs. Large language, language models. Model. Yep. And their thirst for content. And guess who's sitting on your term? Mountains of it, right? Right, right. Uh, it's huge, and and the th what can be done with it is it'd be fun to be in a you know in a company somewhere and just like what guys, what can we do to ask it? Wouldn't it be fun to be inside of a newspaper and ask about? So, what's our general opinion? What 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 is our take on the world? If you look back at all of our history and all of our content, do we skew left, right, middle? I mean, you can just analyze yourself too. Yeah. I'm sorry. You lost me at, wouldn't it be fun to be at a newspaper? I'm just, my mind went <laughs> off in another direction. I said, no, <laughs> well, <laughs> but some newspapers, some forward thinking companies yeah, with yeah. deeper pockets. Right. But I actually think it would you know, be fun today. It'd be at a newspaper. Somebody just called last week and said from an association, a press association, they've been hired back by Gannett. Well, wait a minute. You know, Gannett's hiring. It's usually the yeah. opposite direction, right? And I listened to Gannett's and had an investor presentation. It was just a webinar between the CFO and Mike Reed, the COO, CEO. And I actually sat there and listened to it. It ran for nearly an hour. It's like, oh my God, the stuff they're doing is just fascinating you know and so yeah i do think it would be fun to be at one of these content companies on you know the precipice of whatever the hell it was you said in the intro <laughs> you're hung up on that aren't you the precipice no, you just the worded it finals. so nicely you probably used generative ai to to get that yeah it's only in fact you're not even really talking to me i'm naked in my bathroom doing the video right now <laughs> that you mentioned so. but back to todd in the interview i get the sense and you did say it well in the in the intro that you know, when you get a whole bunch of smart people independently kind of coming up with the same conclusion and it's really dramatic, something's going to happen. I mean, it's, it's yeah. you know, there's usually someone who steps forward and says the emperor has no clothes. Haven't seen that yet. It's right. like, no, we're, we're putting all this stuff together. We're studying it. We're talking to the people at Google. We're talking to the people at OpenAI, et cetera. We're understanding how things piece together. Ooh, wait, we, we need to go talk to media companies and wake them up to this opportunity. I'm excited about that, aren't you? Yeah, I'm I'm really excited that I think it's a hell of an opportunity. And yeah. I I hope people don't like you said in the interview, I hope I hope people don't see it as, oh my God, the world is crashing. You know, it's all going to come burning down and we're going to bow down to our robot overlords at some point. Well um, that's that's certainly a possibility too. Yeah. <laughs>
Yeah, I suppose so, it according, is. According to my dreams, it's a real possibility. Right, right. Anyway, we could talk on and on and on yeah. about this without end. Yes, we could. We could just go on and on or let AI do it for us, one of the two. Yeah. Hey, what about the word of the pod? I think it's your turn. Oh, listen to you. You're trying to stretch out this podcast. You know what you are, Gordon? No, no, tell me. You're Feeny Fugle. <laughs> Fugle. I mean, do, do I need to wear like pink curly toed shoes to be Feeny Fugle? No, Feeny Fugle. Do you want to know what Feeny Fugle means? Sure. Go ahead. Give me the definition. You hate endings. That's it. I'm out. You've been listening to the Local Marketing Trends Podcast, brought to you by Audience, found at audience.io, and by Frequence, where you can learn more at frequence.com. If you have ideas for future shows, email the hosts at podcast at And if you enjoy the show, don't forget to give us a thumbs up on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks for listening, and thanks for putting our show in the top 5% of podcasts nationwide.